Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, July 26th, and this is episode number 157. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Going good, Rod. We finally made it to the start of training camp. Yeah, yeah, and it's, um, at least here, it's not 100 degrees out, so um, kind of almost feels a little bit like football weather. Right. I mean, you know, it's the beginning of the season when you start reading about guys already getting hurt. So um, we're, we're right on track. <laughs> that's that's the first thing I had to talk about when we get to the Browns. So, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> definitely. So, uh, um, Jeff, this is one of our um, probably one of our most highly anticipated uh, podcasts in a while because uh, we, we have Mike in the 330 with us and. Uh, Mike's a really nice guy and put this out and a lot of people are excited to hear Mike on the pod tonight. So, um, Mike, how are things going? Uh, they're going great. Thank you for having me on guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, great, great talking to you. Um, we, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, a bit of Brown stuff with you and with camp starting and everything. Um, before we do that, we're going to, we're going to do a couple of other kind of business things that we do here and um, the first is we talk about what we call our blitz beverages and that's what we are drinking tonight and um, Mike don't be too embarrassed here because this segment might be a little bit unusual because um, you know normally normally I join in on this and sometimes Jeff joins in on this but um, we're going to let you go first, and then we'll see what happens afterwards. So, so why don't you tell us about what you're drinking? Uh, right now, I'm just drinking uh, a nice cold Bud- Budweiser uh, you know, out of my uh, Cleveland Browns mug. That's about it. Nothing fancy, just keeping it simple. So, well, Cleveland it, it, Cleveland Browns mug that makes it special. So, so it, hey. it always makes it special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff, are you drinking anything tonight? I have a Lake Harry highball in front of me, Rod. Um, that's that's what I'm drinking too. Um, so, <laughs> so Mike, we hate to we hate to kind of leave you cold tonight, but um, but uh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is Jeff's not drinking, and um, I'm I'm still coming down off the COVID a little bit. So I was wow. planning on having a beer tonight, and I just right before recording, I just was not feeling up to it so um i feel fine but i just didn't feel like a beer was going to hit me right tonight so so i don't want any pity from anybody (laughs) i just didn't want to drink a beer (laughs) i feel fine trust me i just didn't want to drink a beer tonight yeah i'll catch up i got plenty of beer i will catch up you know in in the coming (laughs) months so it's not a problem i just did i just was not going to join in tonight so hate to do that to you make you drink alone but um but we appreciate you taking part in this segment (laughs) upholding it for us tonight (laughs) there's plenty of times when i've been the only one drinking so (laughs) me too (laughs) so uh so the next thing we like to do is is just turn the floor over to you mike because we want to hear about your Browns journey, your fandom, um, and and just let you talk about anything you want to share right now. So so the floor is yours, and okay. um, just your history as a Browns fan. Anything else you want to share? Okay. Uh, well, my history as a Browns fan uh, started in the Bernie Kosar era, uh, mid mid nineteen eighties. Although my first Browns memory was probably Red Right eighty eight. Um, just the expression on my dad's face when th- that happened. Uh, he used to always, we used to always tease him. He'd eat ice cream too fast and he'd get the classic brain freeze ice cream headache. And he'd like basically put his hand, palm of his hand up to his forehead and, and because it was like a wincing in pain. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened when Red Right 88 happened. I was all of maybe five years old. I didn't have no idea what was going on. I just remember the look on his face. And that that palm going up to his forehead, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this can't be good. So I figured, well, I'm gonna. I, I used to. Well, our house was laid out was the family room was downstairs, and so he, my dad was the type of guy that um, when he would watch a Browns game, and this is back during the uh, Brian Sipe era, 
uh, you know, he would sit down there and he'd have uh, his sandwich and his bag of Fritos and, and he'd always have a beer mug filled with milk. <laughs> but then he would he would he would yell at the TV and and he would he would punch his the palm of his hand, you know, like when he would like he would slap his hand with his fist and he'd just yell out, nail him, nail him, nail him, and it would just resonate through the whole room. And I I just it kind of freaked me out and scared me because here's my dad's yelling. And I'm like, I don't know what I I did something wrong. So I would just sit at the top of the stairs when he would do that and I'd watch the game. But then it's like, you know, when Red Ride 88 happened, that happened, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go back and play with my Star Wars toys and blow up the Death Star for the mount about 1,000th time. So I was like, just to take cover. Um, but my, my fandom actually did start in the Kosar years. Um, just I remember my first game was against when we played against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they won like 35 to 10 against Kansas City. And I, that was my first ever ever football game I ever attended was a Browns game. And I was pretty much hooked since. Um, I've been watching them since like I was about 10 or 11 years old regularly. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in Twinsburg and I went to, went to on Sundays to St. Cosmos and Damien, Damien's church uh, for mass. And the priest there was, his name was Father Friedel. And he was a huge Browns fan. And at, at the end of the mass, they always do a benediction. And instead of the one time, we were there and he just started coming down the, st- the altar and right out the, up towards the door. And everyone was like, kind of like stunned, like, where's he going? And that was it. The mass was over and there was no final blessing. And then I realized, oh, the Browns are playing the Oilers today. <laughs> My mom just started shaking her head. <laughs> sure enough. Hard. Yeah. And I mean, I remember running across the parking lot of the church when I was a kid and we'd always go to the 12 o'clock mass the 12 o'clock mass started and by one o'clock you were leaving and so i knew at one o'clock was game time it was kickoff so i'd always run to the car and she'd give me the keys i'd open up the car get it warmed up and uh gav you know nev listen to me listening to nev challenge chandler you know calling out the uh the uh, starting rotation mm-hmm. on the radio so by the time we get home we'd have the tv on and the game would be going so um I played a couple of years of uh, like organized ball in like junior high school and such like that. And um, one of my, I always, I was the only kid on my team that had, and uh, it was like a Browns kind of like practice jersey. It was just a mesh jersey with Browns logo on it. And um, I, my near my end of my season, the one season, they switched me from defensive end uh, to the linebacker. And I had never played the position before. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And I just figured, all right, I'm just going to blitz. I, 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 I did no coaching on the position. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything about dropping back into coverage. So I just said, I was going to blitz. So I just lined up and watched the ball. And as soon as it snapped, I went after the, whoever had the ball. And I, my teammates started calling me the assassin after Eddie Johnson. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. I'll take that, you know. And um, then I, I – Remember, like, the years that, you know, when Belichick was here, the team was like, in a bit of a flux, and then he got it turned, started to look like it was getting turned around. And then the bottom dropped out, and, you know, 95 happened, and, and, and it was just the rest was, you know, we need to, we need to say from there. And, but I still I, – I mean, and during that time when the Browns were, weren't here, in between 95, uh, you know, 96, 97, 98, 99, came back, um, I, I, I kind of paid attention to football, but I didn't have a team here. You know, I mean, some people would say they maybe go watch the Bills or some people jump ship and went down to pit, uh, to that. I will not refer to the, the the team, that city in PA. I will refer to them as that team from PA. Or I will, And I even type it out in my t- tweets. I go, TT, uh, that team from, team from PA. I will not – or I'll put in a substitute of B for bastard. But um, – uh, but I, I just, you know, I, or, you know, they want root for other teams like Detroit or Green Bay and stuff, but I just couldn't, couldn't get into another team. So I'm, in 99, we got our team back and I, and I just picked up where I left off, you know, and I've been following them. You know, we went through, I don't have to tell you guys what we've gone through in the last 20 some odd years. So, but, uh, I stayed with them, you know, and I'm going to stay with, you know, I put in my tweets sometimes, blood, body, bone, and soul. I mean, I'm not gonna. You're gonna. I'm gonna be with this team until they roll me into the ground. 
So, but uh, that's basically my fandom. I mean, I, I, I love this team. Uh, I don't root for specific players, although I have my favorites. I mean, I've tweeted out a number of times that, you know, Hey, Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb are the sons I wish I had. And I, and I mean, uh-huh. it. I mean, those guys, I love those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like I, I look at the guys at the teams from the 80s, like all those guys, Bernie and Kevin Mack and Eric Metcalf and, you know, even, you know, the guys like Dan Fike and Bob Golick. Uh, um, and even we can go, this is on and on, you know, uh, Big Daddy Carl Harrison and, you know, uh, those guys, those to me, those guys, I've, not, I've met a few of them a couple of times just here and there. I, like, I've met uh, um, Al Bubba Baker a few times. Um, who was just a sweetheart of a man? Um, he is those guys. I mean, some of I don't know them as well, too well, but those guys are like family to me. If their car broke down in front of my house, I'd welcome them into my house and be like, "Dude, you can stay here as long as you need to. Do you get a ride? <laughs> I'll yeah. help you change the tire. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. You know? Right. You guys are like family. So, but uh, yeah, that's my fandom in a pretty much a nutshell. I mean. Uh, and I also want to give a quick shout out to another family I have on Twitter, and that's out to a, a chat room I belong to. Uh, it's called Sam's Dogs. Um, it was started by a great person or no on here. She's um, a great follower, a great follower of mine. She's uh, she's like pretty much my best friend. Um, she is. She's 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 my sis. She's not my sister by blood, but she's my sister in every sense of the word. Uh, and that's Sam G four four six six seven. She's a great follower, in my opinion. She knows the sport, and she she uh, she pays attention. She knows things about it, and she yeah, she, you know she knows what she's talking about. Um, but she started that chat room for a few of us, and uh, we just go in and we talk. You know, because it seems like something with you know with Brown's Twitter, it just can get nasty. You know, I mean, I need to tell you yeah. guys that, and, and I mean, here it's it's kind of like a room for us where we all treat each other like family. We talk to each other in a civil tone, even if maybe we don't agree. We just, you know, it's like, all right, it's no big deal. It's like we don't have to get nasty and, and put each other down and be spiteful. Um, you know, we talk about other things outside. We talk about our personal lives. I mean, to give you an idea of how close of a family they are to me. The other night when we had that huge uh, huge thunderstorm rolled up here, uh, we had sirens going off in my area. And this was about 1.30 in the morning. So I it woke me up. I checked the radar. And the next thing I know, I checked on Sam's dogs just to see how everybody is. Because I have people that uh, – one one follower, follower, she lives over in Stowe. I live in Cuyahoga Falls. That's the next town over from me. Another gentleman I follow, he lives in Akron, which is not far from where I live. And, but then I have friends that live, you know, way up like in Willoughby and, and um, the mentor area. And it's like and another friend that lives down near Hartville, which is like between Canton and Akron. And that was an area that got hit really bad. We just all were just making sure everyone was okay. You know, I mean, this is at 1.30 in the morning. You know, I got another mm-hmm. friend. He lives in North Royalton, which is on the west side. And, you know, it's like just kind of look out for each other. And that's what to me part of being a Browns fan, too, is, you know, it's like a family, you know. And we always have to look out for, we should always look out for each other, like brothers and sisters. So that's pretty much uh, yeah. my fandom. <laughs> Excellent. As a Browns fan. Thanks for, thanks for sharing all that, Mike. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you. So, uh, so uh, um, players have, uh, have reported to camp. And I, I guess the first actual practice is tomorrow, so um, really not a lot to to report yet as far as guys, you know, doing anything. But um, but guys are guys are there, and uh, guys are landing on the uh, on the injury injury lists, like like uh, Jeff mentioned earlier. So let's get some of this stuff out of the way first of all, guys, and then we'll talk about some fun stuff. But. Um, I don't know how, how serious any of this stuff is. Um, you know, I think we knew Jack Conklin was going to start the year on the pup list, um, you know, because of his surgery. Um, uh, Denzel Ward, uh, still uh, with the foot um, from minicamp, and, um, and Bell 
uh, was was the first one to go on on the, the pup list but these guys can come off at any point too so um hopefully hopefully it won't be anything major with those guys and hopefully i i guess we'll find out more about conklin as you know as the the days and weeks go by um hopefully we'll get an update on him at some point um anthony walker and sheldon day are on um the non-football injury list, which I guess just means they got hurt um, away from away from um, camp, um, mm. you know, away from the Browns. And then uh, Javon Mims has has an illness, which could be anything. So, so I think that's it on the injuries. Um, uh, Jeff, you've been you've been biding your time there. Any, any major concern over any of those? At this point, no, nah, not at this point. Um, I think this is something that we tend to see from Denzel in particular. Um, you know, where he has sort of little nagging things that um, keep him from fully going through training camp, and then he just kind of is on his own timetable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then he's you know hopefully he's one hundred percent. By the first game, uh, um, David Bell thing uh, concerns me a little bit just because, you know, we saw this with Anthony Schwartz last year, you know, that, that, that if he's not getting reps um, as a rookie, he's falling behind. Uh, so hopefully yeah. that one doesn't linger. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Mike? Anything of concern? And are you at the same spot with David Bell? Yeah, well. With David, I mean, I feel I feel terrible for him. I mean, it, he's just starting out, and here he goes on an injury list. And that, but I mean, I'm hoping he can bounce back from that. With uh, Ward, I, he's always yeah had a tendency to get hurt. I remember when he first started in his career, he was some of these plays. He was uh, this was back during when Greg Williams was his, his defensive coach. Is that he would, you know, he would just lay some of these guys out that he was covering. He would knock them right out, and then in the process, he'd get himself hurt. He's, uh-huh. I think, developed into a, a real pro in the, in the learning how to play at a level where you you don't have to, you know, you can still hit, but you, you don't hurt yourself in the process. Um, I'm I'm not too worried about. Him. I mean, he's, you know, that he got him. He's got himself a brand new contract here. He's uh, signed up. I think he'll be just fine. Knock on wood. Um, hoping yeah. he has a, another shutdown year like he did last year. Uh, I'd love to see him get some more interceptions, especially like when he did that big one against Cincinnati. Or I should say, I'm sorry, that team, that other team from Ohio. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and also, uh, then with Jack Conklin, I mean, he had surgery. I, th- I think, you know what? Don't rush it. Let him, right. you know, th- we don't, I mean, this, we, we're, we're in week one of training camp, and we, we have to go through all of the rest of this month, all of August, and, you know, they break camp, and then we're getting ready for week one against Carolina. So there's no reason to rush him, in my opinion. I mean, get just get him ready for the season. The guy just came off surgery. We don't want him getting hurt in, a, in, a, in a, you know, some walkthrough practices and things like that. It's not worth it. Just take your time with him. And he'll be ready. So that's just how I see it. So, but yeah, I do I'm feel terrible for David Bell. I do feel terrible for him. But I hope he bounces back. So I mean, I, I mean that's that's just how I, I, I'd like to see him get back in, in the group as soon as possible. Anyway, the good thing with David Bell is they saw what he could do in minicamp. I mean, I, I think yeah. we knew that he had good mm-hmm. hands and everything, but um, yeah, yeah. But I think they know what's there. So you like to think that he's other than missing the practice time, he shouldn't really be, you know, you would like to think that guys aren't really passing him by him Mm -hmm. not being out there, but but who knows? And the other thing is the guys on this list, most of these guys are, are going to be on the 53 man roster, you know, with, with, with the uh, exception of, of Sheldon Day, who's probably got to earn a spot, and Javon Mims, who who's probably on the bubble yeah. at best. Right. So um, enough injury talk, probably, guys. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not the 
that's not the most fun thing to talk about. So, um, out of the way, though. <laughs> yeah, we got that done. So, um, so yeah, first practice tomorrow, and, and uh, just over uh, two weeks till uh, Jacksonville, the first game on August the twelfth, and so um, got some things to get in order. Um, I get, I guess, from what I've heard, uh, Watson and Brissett are going to be splitting the the uh, the first team reps. 50-50. Um, I, I guess that's what you have to do until uh, you know until they hear hear something. Um, would uh, Jeff? What do you think of the implications of that? Or do you think or do you think that's kind of just what they have to do? Do you think that does damage for any either one of those guys to have to split those reps? I mean, it's just the best thing you can do, I guess, huh? Yeah, I think that would be pretty typical um you know anytime your starter is in question right um whether it's yeah whether it's because of performance injury you know or possible suspension or any other you know host of potential reasons so i I think you have to you have to get both guys ready and you have to get them both comfortable in the system Mm -hmm. um i mean that's what we need to keep in mind um is that you know we're really hitting the reset button on offense this year so um no matter who the opening day starter is um this is going to be a a growth and learning process throughout the season so um not knowing which one of those guys is going to be available to take the most snaps i think it makes sense to just split it there's no quarterback controversy it's just who's going to be available to take the snaps right yeah yeah so how, how do you see that mike any any I, other I don't, viewpoint? I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, you, I mean, let's be let's be honest here. It, like Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett would have to compare to as like he was going to start anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. he, and we don't have a, a final decision yet, which ridiculous. But um, <laughs> it's like take, you might as well just send it to the Supreme Court. But yeah, Lord knows they have a real good reputation right now. But uh, it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. And, and these are just preseason games. I mean, so, but, it, you know, we don't know where, if Jacoby, where, if he's going to be start, you know, who's going to, when he's going to be starting. Obviously, week, I'm going to say, yeah, he's going to be starting week one. Get him ready. Get him comfortable. Get used to that center, quarterback center exchange, you know, and call and plays. Right. Right. Um, and, and then, and they're both smart guys. They're not, you know, they're not dumb. I mean, Deshaun's a smart player. He's going to pick it up. He's still going to have a tablet with the plays on it, you know. But, yeah, that those reps with the first team do matter. But until we have a final decision from on high, um, you got to prepare both of them. And I think going at it 50-50 is a smart way to do it. Yeah, and, yeah and I, mean, I, I would – Still think probably with either guy, especially more with with Brissett starting week one, that they're probably going to, um, you know, introduce more and more of the playbook as you get into the season. Anyway, um, you know, especially with a with a newer offense. Um, yeah, and I, I guess, and those guys, let's be honest, have different skill sets, right? So um, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you can only put so much in with Jacoby Brissett under center in the first few games, uh-huh. you know, if Watson comes back partway through the season, you know, then you start to see things open up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and, and I, I mean, it, it's not like, you know, like you said, you're hitting the reset button in a sense. I, yeah, I do agree. I mean, it, but you, you know, you've got three good running backs back there. The offensive line is designed for the run. And if, you know, it gets into something that where it's a situation where maybe, Passing the ball is maybe not the best situation for Jacoby. Well, you got three bulls back there that are just salivating, to run that rock, yeah. and then you got, and you, and you got, you know, you, you just signed last year. You extended Batonio. You, you extended Teller. You know, the, I played. I played left guard. I mean, you know, nothing. Nothing warms a left guard's heart more than hearing a running play being called by, in the huddle. Especially if you got a linebacker that's running his mouth, because it means if you, play, if you have you give me a, a sweep play, 
and I hear the linebacker running his he's shooting his gate off. Oh yeah, bring it, son, because I'm gonna knock you on your ass. Because I mean, that's just I mean, and then you look at Teller, <laughs> the guy shows up pancakes plays. like I hop. So I mean, I, you <laughs> can't you can't you can't go wrong. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind you know, take hand that off to Chubb, hand that ball off to Kareem, you know. Get the Ernest Johnson. Rotate those guys in and out. Fresh legs feed the wolf, as, as Herb Brooks used to say in hockey. Fresh legs feed the wolf. Give it, you know, rotate them out. You keep a nice long drive going. Take half the clock off of a quarter, if not more, maybe three quarters of the clock off of a quarter. You got that defense sucking dirty pond water through a straw with their hands on their hips. And, it, and then if you do that in the first or second quarter, by the fourth quarter, they're going to be gassed. You can just run right all over them. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. Backyard Ohio football. We've been doing it here for over, what, 50, 60, 70 years. I mean, not that hard. The only thing that, that concerns me a little bit about that is, you know, a great deal of last year we saw teams just stacking the box against us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had seven, eight, nine guys playing against our mm-hmm. run. Um, we have to at least – have some level of efficient passing ability, you know, whether it's um, quick things, um, you know, to the tight ends and the running backs out of the backfield or whatever, you know, whatever Stefanski comes up with to scheme these guys open, we need to be able to see Jacoby Brissett make those plays uh, just to keep the defense honest. Yeah, I, I agree. And my thing on that is then is this. Best part of an offense is deception. I want you to think of, you know, like last year, I, I, and I put this out on Twitter. I was practically screaming it into my television. Why were we throwing on first down with an empty backfield? If I'm a defensive captain or a shot caller on, on the other team, and I'm looking across the line of scrimmage, and I see no one in that backfield but Baker Mayfield, you know I'm gonna, you're going to pass, but you're throwing on first down. Why? Mm-hmm. Even if your intent is to throw on first down, why don't you try and sell it like it's a run? Put Kareem back there. Put Nick Chubb back there. Put Dernis Johnson back there. It's all about deception. Make them think you're going to run. So then they don't know what to do. And, and that's part of the, why I just didn't understand what, you know, what was, the, what, what was Stefanski doing with these play calls. Plus, like I said, you know, another another play that they should have ran more, and this is just my opinion on it, and I just screaming about it on the TV last year, was where were the screen plays? I mean, I, I saw there was at least, at least four times I saw screen plays ran where they were actually executed perfectly, but they stopped doing it. I mean, why? Yeah, yeah. Even if you ran a screen play with Kareem, Kareem Hunt can catch the ball out of that in that in that kind of a play, and if he gets going, look out! I mean, that guy will go airborne. He will jump over people. I mean, he will plow through people. And, and so I didn't understand what some of those play calls were last year, but that's just my take on it. So that's just my opinion on it. So, but I hope they get it turned around on some of those play calls. Yeah, yeah, hope so. Um. We we have not talked about the signing of uh, of Josh Rosen since uh, on this podcast yet. So um, I, I know a lot of people hated this. Um, <laughs> a lot of people hated this mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons. Um, and people tell me now the Browns have been linked to uh, to Baker <laughs> to to trying to trade for Darnold. And then they signed Josh Rosen like they just wanted everybody in that whole draft, um, you know, that makes him look stupid and everything. So um, to me, I mean, right now he's a, you know, he's a third or fourth string guy um, with I guess his upside is is debatable because I think he's a guy who people have seen that he has physical tools, but it's all about his head. So you don't know where his head is. Um, uh, I, he's, he's got to be very low risk. Um, but you know, high, high reward is probably pushing it, um, with, with Rosen. So, um, what do you guys think about the signing of, of Josh Rosen? 
and we'll just throw this in to get in together. Um, he's not the first guy to do it, but he's wearing number 19 and he's a quarterback. Does that make you mad too? <laughs> um, uh, Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, I don't care about the 19 thing. A lot, a lot of people have worn 19. I mean, honestly, I'm, yeah. I'm more concerned about the Browns retiring Ozzie Newsom's number than I am about them retiring Bernie Kosar's number. Um, you know, when you look at the third and fourth string quarterbacks, um, we've got two Joshes that, if we could put them together, would probably make one pretty solid third string quarterback. Um, Josh Dobbs is incredibly smart, understands the game, and, and dedicated to his craft, but lacks the physical tools that Josh Rosen has. Um, so, you know, right there, you have to kind of decide, you know, what's more important, right? Um, Josh Dobbs probably going to hold a clipboard most of the season, if not all the season, um, and, and be that steadying third guy. Um, Josh Rosen gives you that potential ceiling that, um, you know, geez, you, you got to take a look at him just like every other team is in the league has wanted to take a look at him, but he just doesn't have his head screwed on straight. Um, isn't committed yeah. to, to, you know, his craft any more than, than our last quarterback was. Um, so I, I just don't think he's going to play well enough to earn a spot on the team. So, you know, him wearing 19 is I think, really moot because it's just he's not going to wear it for very long. And if by some miracle he gets his head out of his ass and starts to play like his physical tools say he should um, and, and, you know, gets to participate and, and win a game for us at some point this year, no one's going to complain about him wearing 19. True, true. What do you think, Mike? Well, yeah, it's like the old saying: if you, you know, if his head's in the way, you know, the old saying goes, "Be your ass, your mind will follow." Um, it just it, it, my thing with him is this: wearing nineteen, that will always still be Bernie's not number. Um, but I think with it is. Uh, <laughs> I think they're more or less hedging their bets, the Browns, meaning the front office. They're hedging their bets with him. Um, that bringing him in because they don't know who, how long DW is going to be out. Mm-hmm. They don't know. I mean, so you got a guy that comes in, he's got NFL experience as a starter. Dobbs is a smart guy, too. Like you said, it's like if you combine the two, you'd have a good third string quarterback. But, you know, I, I don't see, uh, you know, if Jacoby's going to be the guy starting in, in replacement of DW, you just got to hope to God that Brissett doesn't get hurt. And then you got to figure, okay, you're putting in Dobbs or you're putting in Rosen. And it's like, let's be honest, okay, Rosen's a smart guy. He probably has an advantage being having been signed earlier and he was in minicamp that he knows the playbook more. You know, so uh, I don't have a problem bringing in Rosen. Uh, like you said, who knows if he'll even be here? Uh, he's a rental, and it's just you know, it's uh, to me, it seems like the Browns are just hedging their bets, covering their ass, which is a smart move. Um, I'm not expecting much out of out of Rosen if he does play. You know, I mean, if anything, I would be like, I would, I would just do the old uh, what they call that Marty ball, I just hand the ball off to one of your yeah. running backs. You know, it's like here. Josh, I'm not expecting you to roll out and throw a 40-yard pass down to uh, down to one of the you know one of our wide receivers. I mean, you know, we're not expecting you to do that. We're not expecting you to like break tackles and 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 sling it 40 yards down the field. No, what we're expecting you to do is here, Nick. Here's the ball. Go run with it. <laughs> um, hey, Kareem, here. Here's a here's a toss. Go off you go. <laughs> Um, if you can't handle that as a quarterback, then you shouldn't even be playing quarterback. So, uh, I, I'm not expecting much with Josh Rosen. I don't have anything against him. Uh, to me though, Bernie's number will always be 19. He will only be the guy that should ever wear that number. Uh, but again, it's like you brought up, he's not gonna, he may not be here that long to make a big deal. I mean, they signed him to a one-year contract. That's it. So just hoping that the so one time I was hoping. He doesn't have to. As a quarterback, we hope we don't have to see play. So that's just how I see it. My take on it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. 
yeah, I, d- I don't think it's worth getting worked up over. I mean, if he no. if he plays well enough to to stick around, then you know, um, I still don't think we want to see him in games. Um, anyways, no, I, I don't know. The only games I want to see yeah. him in are in the preseason games. That's it. Right, right, <laughs> and in garbage time, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, did you guys see the? Um, I guess the the interview, the article, um, whatever about Anthony Schwartz talking about, uh, you know, the blame he's gotten for, you know, for Baker's injury, you know, Baker's career and all this stuff. Um, did you guys catch any of that stuff? I, I actually yeah. saw the headline for it. I didn't get a chance to read it, but I mean, I saw the play. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have to admit, I, I didn't hear what uh, Anthony said, so I can't really comment I mean, the, too much on the, the, it. The gist of it, I mean, I didn't, I didn't listen to the comments. I just read over some of it. I think the gist of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, was just that Schwartz was saying that that he and Baker both did things wrong on the play, and that Schwartz doesn't deserve 100% of the blame for what happened with with that play or for Baker's injury. Um, you know, that's kind of what I got out of it. So, um, I, I guess, uh, you know, how do you guys feel about a statement like that? And, um, you know, our, uh, I, I have to be honest, I've, I've kind of not really been thinking very highly about Anthony Schwartz coming into this season. Do you guys, do you guys think he's a guy who could, who could actually show up and play a bigger part than what we're expecting? this season um my my view on it if, if that's like basically the rundown of the of what the comments were is well um whether you love him or hate him what's bill belichick always say do your job and he didn't do his job um he checked up on that play and it caused an interception and however though um you know, with Baker, his mindset is he's, uh, you know, 100 miles an hour and, and focused on trying to make the play to make the team or help the team. Uh, but, you know, he, quarterbacks shouldn't be trying to tackle. Um, I understand yeah. he's trying to help his team out by, you know, he, he, he threw the pick. He, but, you know, look what happened as a result. He got hurt. And it, that was the, you know, and then he tried to play through it. And, you know, I said last year, I've been saying it the last couple of years, is, you know, when people ask about having expectations for the team, um, what are your expectations for the Browns this year? I always say the same thing. I have no expectation. Um, from the standpoint, this is because I've seen so many, you know, you get, you, oh, and on paper, they look great. They get all this guy. They got that. I mean, like, remember when they had, you know, Orlando Pace came in, and that poor guy got hurt right from the first play, a snap of a practice, and then he almost had, you know, he had um, almost lost his leg. Uh, uh, you know, then you had Kellen Winslow, and everything looked good on paper, and we, you know, we had, you know, all these great, all these receivers came in, and, and, and the, you know, but my thing was this: it's like my biggest thing last year was I was like, you know, everyone's saying, oh, we got Orlando or uh, Odell Beckham Jr. We got Jarvis Landry. We got Chubb. We're going to, you know, go to the Super Bowl. We're going to win the division. And I always said, you know, nobody's got, I mean, I understand if you want to be hyped up for the team and have expectations, that's your business. Me, I don't. Why? I've seen too much to say say I've seen enough (laughs) Um, that uh, my biggest concern last year was injuries. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. A key part of the offense, being in the quarterback, suffered a serious injury. And don't tell me it didn't affect his play. I mean, I he had a torn was a torn labrum. Yeah. Um, I've had like, right now. I've I've got a shoulder that's been bothering me since last January from shoveling snow. Um, and I can say there's days where it hurts like hell, and it's not a torn labrum. I mean, whenever I hear anything with the word torn in it, or <laughs> it it's right up there, it's right up there when it pertains to an athlete. And I don't care if you're a pitcher or a quarterback or a hockey player 
whenever you hear the word torn in it would describe an injury for a player that's right up there with walking boot okay it's not good and i don't care if it was on his non-throwing arm um shoulder injuries are just you know they're nagging you can't sleep you can't even sleep right with when you have i've had like uh just aggravated muscle in my rotator cuff and it it just you can't sleep right you just you can't if you ain't getting enough sleep i mean how are you gonna be prepared to play a football game um yeah it's little things uh i don't you know but you know it's and I have nothing against Baker Mayfield. I really don't. He's a nice kid. He busts his ass. I love him. I respect him for his grit. I mean, but, you know, sometimes you, you got to learn to, you know, just, you, you know, you got 10 other guys out there in that field, too, that your teammate. You didn't have to make try and make that play. So, but he has to own up to that injury. And then, but then, you know, there was a lot of things last year that involved with that injury that, you know, I don't think they should have. I think they should have sat him a lot sooner. Um, and the, you know, but they didn't. And then when you look, go back to that game against the, uh, uh, was it against the Cardinals where he got slammed by uh, Watt? I yeah. mean, he. I mean, you just look at the way he was laying on the ground. That didn't look normal. You know, and I was like, this ain't this ain't good, guys. He's, he's you know. You keep shooting cortisone into his shoulder or something. I don't know, but it's not good, you know. And I, I, I hope the best for him, except for the week we play him in week one. But I'm nothing against Baker, but uh, um, it, it's just he has to own part of that too. But yeah, with with Mitchell Schwartz, it's like you know what, kid, you got to do your job, and he didn't do it, and the result happened. They got a pick, you know, yeah. if you ran, you finish your route. If anything, even if you don't catch the ball, finish your route, you know? So, I mean, that's just, that's just how I see it. Yeah. So, uh, so Jeff, your thoughts on, on shorts. Well, first of all, I, th- I think it's interesting, Rob, uh, that um, you asked a question about Anthony Schwartz and Mike spent 10 minutes talking about Baker Mayfield. Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with that, Mike. I'm not criticizing you. Okay. Well, they were it's tied a, together, but yeah. It's a, it's, it's an indication though of how everything revolved around him. Um, and yeah. and if if a rookie wide receiver makes a mistake, it now becomes an excuse for the quarterback getting hurt. And that was, I think, the original question. That was the, the intent of the article was. You know, that a lot of people are blaming Schwartz for Baker getting hurt and and that, uh, you know, that caused the season to go off the rails last year. OK, and, and that the reality is, is that the, the two aren't even connected at all. OK, the only thing that 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 really they have in common is that they happened on the same play. Um, if, if Schwartz continues his route and the ball is still intercepted. Baker still probably tries to make the tackle and may or may not get hurt. Okay, so the, the, I guess the point is is that by Schwartz continuing his route, and, and no one no one thinks that you know a rookie wide receiver shouldn't have finished that route. Okay, um, there were plenty of, of times during the early part of the season where he made some boneheaded mistakes, and that's kind of what you would expect from a, a rookie wide receiver who missed most camp. Okay, Um, but but to then link that to, you know, well, that's what caused Baker to have to make the tackle and and caused the shoulder injury. And and that's what made us lose all those games. And and that that therefore is Anthony Schwartz's fault. I think it's just indicative of how Baker never really had to take responsibility for anything in Cleveland in some people's minds. Okay. the reality is, is that he made the decision to throw the ball. He made the decision to go out and make the tackle. Okay. And he got hurt. Now, what came after that, you can argue about, you know, whose decision it was that, you know, he continued to play and so forth. But to blame Anthony Schwartz for that, I mean, he, the kid's a rookie. The kid right. is going to make mistakes. As a right. veteran quarterback, you need to help him play better. Not go out right. and get yourself hurt. Because he made a mistake. 
Yeah, I can't disagree there. Okay, so yeah, I, I didn't know if you wanted to say anything about, uh, about um, you know, the, uh, your, your thoughts on Schwartz this season. Um, this season? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think he's probably carrying a lot of baggage as a result of that. I mean, that to me, hearing him make those kinds of statements, you know, that, mm-hmm. that he's carrying a lot of baggage because of what happened last year, um, you know, like Mike was saying, you know, a lot of times it's 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 those kinds of things that that those little things that cause a player to not be able to play at his at his best level, right? So maybe maybe Schwartz is going to struggle a little bit until he can work through those kinds of things, you know, and and hopefully he 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 gets a, a fair shot and can play well enough to stick long enough, you know, that that he can he can perform at a, at a level what, you know, that we'd all like to see, but um, man, he's already starting out with a couple strikes against him. It kind of feels like. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So um, I, would, I guess I we'll think say- that, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, I, I would just like to, th- I just like to add with that is I think then the best thing for Anthony Schwartz to do, is just put his head down um, and make plays, catch the ball when he's, you know, and, and uh, earn his spot. And I, in that way, you know, he, he, to keep blaming that way people are going to, if he doesn't, cause then people will keep saying, Oh, he's the guy that caused the, some will keep saying he's the guy that caused Baker's injury. Well, no Baker, like you said, chose to try and make that tackle. Um, he just didn't do his job on that play. And the best way for him to do that is to go out and practice, bust his ass, make the team and then bust his ass all season to try and make plays when his number is called and that ball comes around, you know, catch that ball and, He's known for having like lightning speed, you know, burn the defender and, and score. That's to me the best way to get around all that. You just focus on getting better as a player. Yep. Well, and that's all yeah. we expect from any player. Yeah. And let's hope he's able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I hope, I really hope the best for him because he's a member. He's for now, he's a, he's a Cleveland Brown and I want him to succeed. Because if he succeeds, then we succeed as a that's team. Right. That's right. So, guys, I have I have two lists in front of me. Okay, and and this is kind of interesting because uh, I know what kind of a league it is now. You know what kind of a league um, the NFL is. It, it's a passing league. Blah blah blah. Um, but the Browns uh, are historically known for the running backs and and uh, for churning out great running backs. So the lists I have in front of me are um, no cheating on this, guys. Uh, one list is a lot easier than the other. Um, one list is, and this is since 1999 only. Um, the list, uh, one list is 1,000-yard receivers, and one list is 1,000-yard rushers, Okay. Um, the the thousand yard rushers, there, there had been seven seasons where a Browns running back has run for a thousand yards. There have been nine seasons where, where we've had a thousand yard receiver, which is almost a little surprising when you think how, how putrid our receiving cores have been (laughs) over the years that we've had more thousand yard receivers and we have had rushers um this this kind of surprised me what doesn't surprise me is the fact that that of the seven rushing seasons um they were accomplished by four backs okay and the nine thousand yard receiving seasons um were accomplished by nine different receivers so I'll let you guys give me the the four running backs first <laughs> because I think you guys can nail these four pretty quickly. Wow. Yeah. So the four backs to to rush for a thousand yards in a Browns uniform since 1999. Wow. Um didn't didn't uh Jamal Lewis do it when he came over from we we brought him over from the Ravens. 
Jamal Lewis did it yeah. twice in, in 07 and 08. Twice. Yes. He's two okay. of them. Okay. He did do it or you That was did? the easy one. Yes, he did two of them. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Jamal was actually, Jamal really was a hell of a player. So I, yeah. So that's one. Okay. And I'm going to say, um, well, Mike, you want to turn? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with trivia. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I well, really I'm, am. I'm, I'm sorry. Thinking, I really am terrible. I'm with just, it. I'm, I'm thinking of the Madden cover. So I'm thinking probably Peyton yeah. Hillis. Peyton Hillis. Yeah. Peyton Hillis, um, 2010. Okay. okay. There's two more guys that did it. Yeah, one guy after 2010 and one guy before 2007. Boy. One guy should have been okay. the first guy out of your mouth. Everybody's screaming Mine? it. Huh? Mine? My mouth? Or either yeah. of you. Oh, well, <laughs> probably Nick Chubb, right? Nick Chubb has three of them the last three seasons. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So that, that I just wanted to make that too right. obvious. Yeah. 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 Okay. And the, the last one yeah. happened in 2005. And this is this is actually a name that Jeff threw out a couple of shows ago, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> By mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thinking it was that he played in the 1980s, I believe. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, Ruben Drones. Ruben Drones, 2005. Yeah. Yeah. So I, did, are, I was going to stick to Ruben Drones. I, yeah. I yeah, thought it was so, going to say uh, William Green, but I was like, yeah. 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 I mean, William Green, so, I think. William Green was just under 1,000, I think. Yeah. He, he was like 900 and... Yeah, he was between 900 and 1,000, I think. Yeah, because for some reason, like, when you brought that up, I was the first thing I, I kept was hearing Jim Donovan yelling out, Ron William, Ron. Yeah, he's the guy <laughs> you can think of. But yeah, he, he was really close, I'm pretty sure. Like, he, yeah. he may have been, like, even, like, 985 or something. It was it was pretty close to it. Yeah, he, he, did, he okay. did his best. He busted his tail here. So, so William, or, um, um, yeah. Ruben Nick Chubb aside, Nick Chubb aside, none of those guys are really gonna like make you think Hall of Fame, right? I mean, Jamal Lewis had a pretty good career, mostly with Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, most of those guys yeah. were sort of like one-offs, you know, like a year, hey, a yeah, one Ruben year, two Drones, year career. Right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Ruben Drones came from. Did he come from uh, Denver? Denver or Someplace yeah. he he may have had another big season someplace else, but Peyton Hillis, I think I think that was his only big season. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we are down to the thousand yard receiving list, um, and these are these go from 01 up to 2019. So I'll I'll let you guys give me any that you want to spout out, and we'll we'll just see how many you can get. Well, I can tell you right now, it's I not the Dwayne Bow. <laughs> it's not Dwayne Bow. He's not on the list. He's not on the list. <laughs> I would have got some of these. I would not have gotten all these guys. No way. Uh, geez, I'm trying to think. Um, you'll, you'll remember most of them when you hear them, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh. There's um, well, I'm trying to think what's his name that played for. Uh, God, he, he was he played at Ohio State. He came here from Canton, I believe. God, what the he's, he's the coach. He's a wide receiver coach out of Ohio State now. God, his name's right on the tip of my tongue. He was here when. Uh, oh God, we oh. You know him. I can't remember his name now, darn it. Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline. Thank you. Brian Hartline. He he is not on the list, guys. Oh, okay. Another uh, there is another Ohio State player on the list, though. Brian Robisky. (laughs) No, I don't think he ever came close to (laughs) it. I liked Brian. I loved it, and I really liked his dad. His dad was great. Yeah, his dad. Yeah, class. Yeah. Well, I know. Uh, Josh Gordon did it, right? Josh yeah. Gordon, yeah. Um, yeah. 2013, 1,646 yards in that in that crazy season. Yeah. 
Uh, the, Probably about, Braylon uh, Edwards. I said Bra- Braylon was going to be the next one I was going to Braylon remember. Edwards in 07. Okay. 1,289 <clears throat> yards, and I think that's the year when he set the touchdown reception record, too, with 16. Right. Yeah, was it in the following year? Didn't that when he got hurt? Was that the following season? I think the following season, yeah. He and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I tell you what, at the time when they did pick him, that made it made sense to pick him. I mean, I have no, I had no issue with the Browns picking him. He was a the top top flight receiver coming out of uh, that team up north, but uh, yeah, he just, just it didn't work out for him here. You know, guys, especially if he got hurt. Um, I don't think who else. I'll give you a clue. There, there were there were two guys that had a thousand yards in two thousand seven. Two. Yes. Hmm. Terrible with this kind of trivia. That's 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 my like. <laughs> I really am. I'm sorry. That's all right. You guys can start. Uh, um, let me see. Darren Shiver. Was it a tight end, Rod? <laughs> it was a tight end in 2007. Tight end okay. in 2007. Who was the tight end back then that had a thousand yeah. yards? And I'm pretty sure we talked about this guy on a show not too long ago. I'll give you a clue. There are two tight ends on this list. Okay. Oh my gosh! I'm drawing a blank on name right now. One in it's one in 2015, one in 15, and one in 2007. Oh, was it uh, 15? I'm gonna say was it the uh, oh god? He used to take everybody. Was it the one guy who used to take everybody to the movies? Yeah, <laughs> it was. It, yeah, a guy. I mean, he's actually really a nice guy. Everyone really liked him yeah. here. Oh, yeah. yeah, Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage. Yeah, yeah that's Barnage. 2015. 1,043 yeah. yards. I like Gary. I like Gary Barnage. Um, so that leaves the uh, 2007 tight end. 2007. Who got drafted around the time that Edwards did. Oh, man. The season before or after. Huh. You got me on that. Who had, Terrible very, who had a, um, a famous dad with the same name? Oh, Kellen Winslow Jr. <laughs> yeah. Was it 2007? 2007. Yeah, 1106 I yards. Yeah. I don't even remember him really contributing much, other than no, uh, I, drama. That was no. the one year. Okay. He and Edwards both had a thousand yards. Wow. I just remember, yeah, yeah, because I just remember him for that evil Knievel bit way with the motorcycle. I mean, yeah, yeah. Was that so, the Derek Anderson year? Yep. That's that sure made the yeah. playoffs. Okay. Or they just missed the playoffs. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, just missed the playoffs. Yeah. Ten and ten and six year. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Okay. So you it guys went Joe, in. Joe Thomas's rookie year, I think, wasn't it? Um, Was that oh seven? Yeah. So. That could be wrong. It's I know it's right around there. I'm not going to. Yeah. I should know it, but I don't. Um, so you guys wanted to name the two guys who did it in 2019? 2019. So I almost want to say Jarvis. Jarvis with 1174. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. I always, I, I always love Jarvis. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I when he first came out, I would always try to get him on my fantasy team. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always like pick him up in a in a like you know free agent. He would be still floating out there, and I'm thinking, how is anybody not taking this guy? Yeah. But, um. So who um, else in nineteen? See, huh. not Kevin Johnson. No. <laughs> uh. Wait, who'd you say? Kevin Johnson? Yeah. I just, I he just actually did it in around. 2001. Did he? Oh, wow. yeah. 1,097 yards. So I'm gonna, I'm giving you that one. Yes. Okay. Wow. Pulled that, that one was, out. That was reaching yeah. out. Yeah. Nice. Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> the blind squirrel finds a nut. What can I say? I'm not going to make you come up with that twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just taking a shot on goal, man. It was... <laughs> So, who else was a wide receiver in 19? Uh, well, did we have Odell then? 
Yeah. It was Odell. It was Odell, Odell? 1,035 yards. Yeah. Yep. He and okay. Landry both had 1,000. So you've got you've got two guys left. That's um, a guy from Ohio State in 2016 who played for the Browns at receiver, I think, for one year. Um, hmm. And they wanted too much money. Oh, uh, Terrell Pryor? Terrell Pryor. Quarterback turned wide receiver. Had, had one yes. great right year. Yeah. Yeah. And then nobody would sign him. Or, right. Um, 2005, I don't think you guys will get. Um, 1,009 yards. Let me just give it to you. Yeah. Antonio <laughs> Bryant. Antonio. Okay. Antonio Bryant. Huh. Okay. So I wouldn't have gotten that. I mean, I yeah. remember him, but I wouldn't have gotten that. No. So. Yeah. So that's it. Wow, that's that's not exactly uh, a great list. No. It's a bunch of guys who did it once. For the and the crazy part. thing is, is you know, there there are a lot more. Um, Wide receivers in the league. Didn't did you, I don't know if you threw these numbers out already, but there there has to be a lot more wide receivers who get a thousand yards than running backs who get a thousand yards in a given season, right? Because there's uh, more no. wide receivers on teams. Oh, there has to be. There has there's to more be. I mean, opportunities look, than yeah. running opportunities. Well, yeah. Look how many passing yards are compared to rushing yards. There, but, there yeah, has it's, to be. A, well, it's like exactly. you said earlier. It's a passing league. So I mean, you now the way the defenses are, are get flagged, you, you sneeze in the wrong direction. Of a wide receiver and they flag you. So I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, the passing league, yeah. like you said. Well, you, you just did a great job of of describing our ineptitude at wide receiver since <laughs> since ninety nine. <laughs> but still, you still had nine guys. You know that that's almost a guy every. I mean, it's just a a guy almost every two years. Yeah. You I know, tell you what, of all those guys, yeah. the only guy I would really, I'd want still with my team would be Jarvis. But there are teams yeah. that have a guy every year. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You know, but, we need um, we need to yeah. be one of those guys that ha- we need to be one of those teams that have a guy do it every year, and if not yeah. one, if if not one, two. You know, you need you need you need yeah. wide receivers that keep defensive coaches sleepless at nights. Right. Yeah. 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 There there yeah. are a lot of them in the league. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that'd be fun. I thought that'd be fun. It's more fun because <laughs> I wasn't the one guessing, too. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of them right, so, hey, you know. No, you guys did yeah. good. You guys I'm did not good. good. Tri- I'm not that good with that kind of trivia, but I, I, mean... I, I don't know. I beg to differ. Pulling Kevin Johnson out was not neat. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to be funny, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, and it wasn't one I was expecting it, either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just throwing it out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey guys, this is this has been a lot of fun. So, um, so we got uh, we we actually um, have some football coming up now. So, uh, I'm, I'm so we jacked. got a preseason game in a couple of weeks, and uh, you know it, it's good to be back toward football season and having some real stuff to talk about. So, uh, so it's been a lot of fun and. Um, uh, Mike, we we thank you for joining us, and everybody who's not following you can give you a follow at Mike in the three three zero. It's kind of cool when your when your name like actually is the same as your at, so it's it's really easy. That way. <laughs> That's, That's why, cool. yeah. Well, I try to keep it simple, and, you know. I, that way, yeah. I appreciate. I love every appreciate everyone that follows me. I really do. You know, I mean. Um, like a, and just another, I want to give a quick another shout out to Sam's Dogs. Uh, I love you guys. Um, you're my family, and um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, hope I uh, didn't sound like a too much of a fool. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for having let's me hope on, guys. Listening. Yeah, I Absolutely. hope so too. And um, thank you very much for having me on. I like I told you, I, I've. Uh, I was uh, shocked and humbled that you asked me to be on. I really appreciate it. I loved and I loved every minute of it. I wish we could keep going, but uh, but yeah, I'm well, stoked for the we'll, season. We'll have to have you back on. That's all. I would love to be back on. I love talking Browns football and, and just and in uh, conversing on it. And uh, I really enjoyed myself. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, um, Jeff. Any closing words tonight? Um, I'm just going to throw this out there that um, the following guys are still available. 
at the defensive tackle position. Uh, Ndamukha Sue, Malik Jackson, Sheldon Richardson, um, oh, Malik, Malik McDowell, who, who we have exclusive rights to, and Danny Shelton. Uh, all these guys um, are still out there. And right now, the only one that I'm even remotely interested in is Sheldon Richardson. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's the possibility or not. Um, but um, once we have some sort of a, a decision on the Watson deal, I think that's probably the, the place where we would mo be most likely to spend some money in free agency still. Um, yeah. And it's kind of surprising that all those guys are still sitting out there. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was, yeah. I mean, just to add in real quick, uh, I, yeah, because I've been listening, I was listening to 92.3, the fan, um, the other day. And uh, uh, they were, I think it was, uh, oh God, I think it was on the uh, Baskin and Phelps. They were talking, somebody was talking about, you know, where if there is any part where we have a weakness on defense and that would be that, Inside the inside like the uh, middle of the uh, defensive line there, and I have I I mean I I'd love to have Sheldon back. The only other person I would maybe consider would maybe be Danny Shelton, but I'd rather have Sheldon back. Sheldon Richardson. Yep. So. Yeah, definitely need uh, some experience there, some girth. It would be right, nice. Right. Yep. Guys that can make plays. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, we thank everybody for listening. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.